that you need to insure your wealth with physical precious metals holdings. You can then look into other ways to leverage these things we're talking about. Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we deliver mining insights and bullion sales in the form of physical delivery, offshore depositories, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Today, we will discuss the 2020 financial crisis and investment opportunities for your portfolio. Joining us for a conversation is Brian London, the president of Jefferson Financial and the host of the world's greatest investment event, the New Orleans Investment Conference. Mr. London, welcome to the show, sir. Great to be with you again, Maurice. Thank you for the opportunity. Always a pleasure, sir. Brian, investors are in a state of confusion and they're looking for some sound guidance and therefore we're honored to have you on our program, sir. These are truly unique times. For someone who says, we've been here before, it's going to be all right. Can you please share what are the primary differences between the global financial crisis of 2008 versus 2020? Well, Two things, really. Uh, the, the primary differences, first off, is the degree of monetary accommodation and stimulus efforts. We always predicted this would happen to a greater degree this next time around. But the second big difference has been the rapidity of the move. You know, we expected, and I had been predicting in Gold Newsletter for a couple of years now, that the next crisis would come, they would find some excuse to demand more easing from the Federal Reserve, uh, and the uh, the patient would demand more of the drug this time, so they would have to do more and more than they did before. But I expected all of this to play out over, say, five years. I did not expect it to, to play out over veritably five days as it has. So that's been the big <laughs> difference. Uh, time has been compressed. Everything's on turbo. Um, it, it's all coming at us very quickly. So that is why I believe that investors, you know, have to just really focus and, and leap ahead and think ahead about what the ramifications of all this are. You're the author of the uh, Gold Newsletter, and I had an opportunity to review that prior to our interview. And you reference a distinct difference that I think we should get into a little bit later on to this conversation between 2008 and 2002. But let's let's stick on track here. Let's discuss the cause and effect now. For two months, the world has been experiencing a global pandemic and bursting bubbles are around every corner. Are you surprised at the responses from the Congress, the Treasury, and the Fed? No, not at all. As I mentioned, I, I had expected it to come really this year at some point. I expected it later in the year uh, and more a function of the passage of time that the the this market has been built on the adrenaline of easy money. And by this market, I mean the stock market, which in turn now means the economy. It had all been built upon this foundation, a very shaky foundation of accommodation from the Fed, historic accommodation from the Federal Reserve. Uh, and then at some point, I, I predicted, I felt that the, the market was going to throw a hissy fit and, and start correcting and demand that the Fed come back and start this whole rate cutting cycle again. And what I had been saying was that this time around, they would have to do more quantitative easing, go back to zero again on interest rates, but do more quantitative easing than they had ever done before. And that this time around, they would have to actually get into some fiscal measures uh, stimulus spending, you know, direct aid and spending to the economy, infrastructure and that sort of thing. 
Uh, so none of this came as a surprise. I knew the market was going to look for some excuse. As it happened, uh, COVID-19 was the excuse. It, it, it was the perfect excuse. It's a very valid excuse in my mind. But it, all of this would have happened anyway, but, at a, but later and at, much, at a much slower pace. Um, so, no, I'm not surprised at, at their reaction, and I think it's only the beginning. I think they're going to do much, much more. All three of the aforementioned are going to be extremely resilient in their efforts to solve problems that they and their predecessors created. When you hear the Fed chairman state, now is not the time to worry about debt, but use the great fiscal powers of the U.S. to avoid deeper damage to the economy. Does that signal to investors that everything is going to be okay? Well, I think it signals to investors that uh, it's whatever it takes and that uh, all of the rules, all of the uh, restrictions have been thrown out the window uh, and that the Fed will do will overshoot, if anything, uh, in its mitigation efforts. So I think what that, that tells investors is that we're going to see the Fed's balance sheet soar to the sky. We're going to see money printing. Uh, uh, of a degree we've never seen before out of wartime uh, and uh, in probably even including that. And, uh, and you know, they're not going to be uh, restrained in any way. So um, I, I think that's telling us that uh, everything we, we expected is, is going to happen, but it's going to be, um, you know, almost exponential to what we would have realistically expected. Speaking of the national debt, where do we currently stand and where do you think it'll be by the end of the year? Well, we were pushing 23 trillion uh, in, in terms of the gross federal debt before the uh, this crisis. And I think by the end of the year or by the time this crisis runs its course will be in excess of 26 trillion. Um, and you know, when, when Donald Trump was elected, I made the, the remark that if judging on past um, history that every eight eight year term, eight year presidential administration, typically doubles the debt of the previous administration. Uh, and if, if that was going to happen in this case, we would have a federal debt of forty trillion. And at the time, I I, I admitted that that sounded absurd, but you know this was the pattern, and I just wanted to bring it to everybody's attention. Now it doesn't seem so absurd anymore. Uh, that by the time we get out of this, we'll be approaching a federal debt of $40 trillion. But at some point, it, it doesn't much matter anymore because we've already reached uh, the point of no return. Uh, mm -hmm. We've already reached a level in the federal debt where we can no longer have real interest rates, at least, above zero. Uh, that is, interest rates adjusted for inflation. And that uh, the debt is so large now that it must be depreciated away more quickly um, then the, the debt service costs are being paid on that debt. Otherwise, the federal budget would, would collapse. There's no way we, we can afford to pay, and no way politically that I think the American citizens would agree to pay, you know, a, a trillion dollars or more on debt service costs every year. And, and that's where we're getting to. That's where we would be if we had interest rates of in, at any appreciable level. So we simply cannot have interest rates at those levels again. Uh, the debt will have to be depreciated away, moreover, through the devaluation of the dollar. And that's going to happen, I think, to, at a, to greater effect and at a greater speed than, than we expected before or that we've seen before. 
You know, the big elephant in the room that many investors may be overlooking is GDP. How does GDP factor into this discussion? Well, in, in terms of this crisis, it's going to take a big hit. It already took a big hit down uh, 4.5%, 4.8%, I believe, um, in the first quarter. The second quarter is going to be absolutely abysmal. I mean, there are, there are economists predicting 20 to 30% declines in GDP for the second quarter. Uh, and that's going to be shocking. Uh, yes. I think that may be the, the impetus for that second dive down in the stock market that everybody's talking about. Uh, so we may see all of that play out. But again, I think that the policy response, which you'll see from the Fed and which you'll see from Congress and the administration, is a, is a redoubling of their efforts to rescue the economy, to stimulate the economy. And we'll see the, the money printing. We'll see the, uh, the fiscal spending, the stimulus programs, uh, the infrastructure spending. Really, it'll be a blank check mentality. Our government representatives must not be students of monetary history as they appear to have no regard for the unprecedented inflation of our currency. When do you foresee the effects of inflation to begin impacting us all? Well, it's going to happen. Uh, first off, this time, I think we need that. You know, in 2008, post-2008, we did not see much in the, in, we didn't see all of that money printing translated into retail price inflation which is what the general public and the general investing public perceives as real inflation. Uh, we didn't see that because it was all encapsulated within the financial system. And of course, the rescue efforts back then were aimed more toward uh, rescuing the, the financial system. So um, this time around is a bit different. It's not a crisis within the financial system. And a lot of the rescue efforts, a lot of the stimulus is being aimed more at Main Street rather than Wall Street. So I think what we're going to see is um, is more uh, real-world effects of this uh, monetary stimulation. Um, we're going to see inflation perk up this time around. I think we need to, to keep bold on, uh, gold on a bull market path. Uh, this time around, we'll actually have to see that kind of inflation. But, but the good news for gold bugs is I think we will see it. I think it's, it's at this point unavoidable because there's so much money, literally, I mean figuratively, but, but helicopter money this time around, checks being sent to American citizens directly. Uh, with that kind of monetary stimulus, I think inflation is unavoidable. Turning our focus to the stock market with a declining currency, what kind of impact do you foresee in the general equities? Is this the time to get out? Well, uh, I, I haven't been a big stock bear. I don't think that you, you, you can look at, say, gold and the stock market as being contracyclical. I think everything right now, uh, the metals, commodities, the stock market, the bond market, everything's being driven by central bank stimulus. It has been uh, to a great degree since 2008 and really over the, uh, the, the decade or so before that. As we've seen the Fed become more and more um, involved in trying to manage the downturns in the economy. So we've, we've had these boom and bust cycles over and over again. But with all of this liquidity being thrown into the market, all of these typical uh, inverse correlations or uncorrelated assets, all those correlations tend to, to go towards one. So what happens is this kind of monetary stimulus is bullish for not only gold and precious metals, but also equities, also the bond market. 
So I don't think that the stock market necessarily will falter in the days ahead. I don't think it has to. And I think initially all of this stimulus will be bullish for the stock market. And I'm, and I'm assuming that includes mining and junior mining companies. Is that correct, sir? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because they're going to be supported by two big trends, by a bullish environment for equities in general and by a bullish environment for the precious metals. And I guess oil would also factor into that discussion as well, uh, lower oil prices, correct? Yeah, oil prices for the producers uh, help tremendously uh, because energy is one of the primary input costs into gold production. Uh, not only that, but we're going to see the CPI, we're going to see the public or the, uh, the readings of inflation drop a bit because of lower energy prices over the next few months. But as we see uh, supply destruction in oil and we see the CPI get to lower levels because of lower oil prices, when oil prices do rebound, it's a lot easier to see a, a rebound in oil from, say, $15 to $25 a barrel. And that's a tremendous, on a percentage basis, that's a tremendous increase. So we're going to see, uh, once we get some economic recovery, we're going to, in, in some demand recovery in oil, we're going to see oil prices bounce, uh, not to necessarily the, the $45, $50, level, but to a significant degree to where it will really boost the inflation readings. And, and I think that's going to come as a shock to the markets. Speaking of mining and junior mining companies, which ones have your attention at the moment and why? Well, a lot of them, Maurice. You know, I tell my readers that they need to buy the, uh, the companies that are either in production or getting ready to get into production uh, and or have large established resources because these kinds of optionality plays will be the first to benefit. So that's the general advice I've been giving uh, my readers. I haven't necessarily been, been taking that advice personally because I know a lot of these companies mm -hmm. very well that have great exploration programs and uh, great drill targets. And I've been pecking away at that myself and recommending them to my readers at some of these very low levels. Uh, you know, some of the companies I like out there, I, I had a chance recently to talk with the management of uh, the geologic team rather at Lion One Metals, and I really like their project in Fiji. I like their Caldera target. I think it's 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 one of the most uh, spectacular exploration targets you'll find in the world to get today. And I'm also very familiar with uh, with Fiji, and I think that's because I have I'm the chairman of a uh, of Thunderstruck Resources, which is a exploration company with a mining with a drilling program ongoing in Fiji. I'm very familiar with that regime, and I think a lot of investors aren't familiar with. It's, it's kind of a, a, a blossoming new frontier for, for mining and uh, metals exploration. Um, and if I, I may like interject you, there, uh, you have yes. with, with Line 1 Metals, the CEO there is Walter Burkhoff, and yes. uh, their flagship project is the Tavatu, and it's an yeah. alkaline deposit. That's what's very mm. interesting here. It's an alkaline deposit. So we're looking yeah. at some significant tonnage and grade here, potentially. Yeah. Uh, gold deposits, alkaline uh, deposits of, of that sort, uh, the list of, of, of those kinds of deposits that have not become world-class mines uh, approaches zero. Uh, it, it, the, the odds dramatically increase that it's a major discovery. So, yeah, I, you bring up a very good point. 
uh, for that deposit. That's why I like it a lot. That's why I'm a shareholder personally. And was there another company about the reference? I'm sorry, I, I interrupted you. Uh, yeah, you know, I've been recommending Millrock Resources because their uh, project uh, adjacent to on trend with and surrounding uh, the Pogo deposit uh, in Alaska uh, is just amazing. They did an extraordinary joint venture agreement of an Australian company where they, where they will have $5 million of drilling accomplished this year. And, uh, and so they were just cut off by the uh, COVID crisis and had to halt drilling after one and a half holes. Now, they got the results back from that, that first one and a half holes, and they were disappointing. And in fact, the second hole didn't reach the targeted depth, so it was really just one of the holes. And it didn't turn up with, with good gold grades at all. So the stock has taken a hit. But the key here is that the, uh, the POGO deposit, uh, the new drilling on the POGO de- deposit, trends onto their ground in two directions. Uh, and with $5 million of drilling upcoming, the, the chances that they're going to vector into what uh, could be a world-class deposit are, are very good. So I still like that one, and I think it's a bargain right now. And likewise, that's the CEO there is uh, Gregory Beicher, and you were discussing the 64 North Project and the Aurora Targets. And yes, they yes. got about 25% completed there, but you, you couldn't be in a better location. Uh, and, and again, the gold, the gold um, wasn't high, correct, but the indicator minerals that are there, yeah. that's yeah. What's, what's remarkable. It, it had... It was identical, basically, to the Pogo Mine, which is uh, Northern Star Resources, by the way. That's their, their neighbor there. But they're within walking distance <laughs> of that mine. Yeah. Strategic location, you couldn't beat it. Yeah, and uh, the drilling of Northern Star just kept going, progressing step by step closer to their their um, property boundaries and, and essentially reached the property boundaries. And yes, the indicator mi- minerals are there. The geology is just what they were looking for. The gold grades are, are barely anomalous at this point. But with $5 million of drilling uh, being done, they can vector in to where uh, the higher grades are uh, potentially, where you hope the higher grades in a deposit would be. It's hard to vector, though, with one drill hole because it's just a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with $5 million worth of drilling, again, I, I have great confidence that they'll be able to find what they're looking for. Millrock Resources has two strategic partners in Resolution Minerals and EMX Royalty. They've done their due diligence. <laughs> right, right, and they always do. Some of the smartest people in the business. Absolutely. All right, germane to this conversation, if the U.S. currency is going to lose purchasing power, how does money, i.e. gold and silver, factor into one's portfolio? Well, I think you absolutely have to have it. You know, uh, as you can imagine, Maurice, I get, I've gotten a lot of uh, inquiries and, and people, generalist investors. And with publishing in a, a newsletter um, called Gold Newsletter, that really is the preeminent, uh, the longest lasting, the first of the precious metals advisories out there. I get a lot of people coming to me and asking, how do I get started? And I tell them all the time, you have to start with a physical allocation of precious metals, physical metals, either in your possession or accessible to you. And you can build on that uh, later and you can store more elsewhere, but you need to ensure your wealth uh, with physical precious metals holdings. You can then look into uh, 
other ways to leverage these things we're talking about of, of higher rising prices for gold and silver, which seem inevitable. And those are investments. But I tell them they need to have insurance for their wealth, insurance for everything they've worked for all their life by holding physical gold and silver. Very, very responsible words. Thank you for sharing that. What does the current spot price of gold suggest to you as a number of gold investors have been expecting a more robust response in the price? Yeah, well, you know, April was, a, you know, when I just started writing our May issue of Gold Newsletter, I was thinking, wow, gold has really got to, to get moving. And then I started reading uh, the previous month's issue and then looked at the gold price and said, damn, gold was $100 cheaper a month ago. <laughs> and, uh, and it's $100 higher today, but it doesn't seem like it's really got that momentum. And that's because it had a really torrid run the first two weeks of April, then spent the last two weeks of April, uh, and now, you know, early May, just kind of digesting those gains. It hasn't, it hasn't fallen. It hasn't really resumed the rally yet, but it's been bouncing around that $1,700 level. I think it's completely normal. I think gold's waiting for the next shoe to drop and the next in, uh, indication that we're going to have more and more of the stimulus, and it's going to get that because, as I said, the second quarter GDP numbers are going to be absolutely horrendous, uh, and Congress just has to get back to trying to fill the, the uh, uh, fill the trough once again, uh, and they're going to do that. We're going to have more and more stimulus programs, uh, the most accommodative Federal Reserve we've probably seen in history, uh, and and we've only just begun. You know, I'm not a big fan of uh, the big banks, but Bank of America recently shared that they expect the gold price to reach 3000 uh, So it's not just you sharing this. Yeah, yeah. And they're, you know, that's a, a very staid, credible institution. They tend to, to be a little bit more dramatic than, than the other banks and the other big institutions. But still, that's something that I'm even loathe to say in, in interviews without sounding crazy. Uh, but that said, I fully expect it at some point. And, and I think their logic is, is absolutely accurate and, and impeccable. We all have our favorites, gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. May I ask, what are you buying right now and why? Uh, I am buying um, more silver than gold. Um, I am buying silver uh, because it has not uh, caught up to gold yet. It typically uh, takes a while to catch up to gold in a in a long term uh, monetary based gold bull market, which is what we're in. And it typically takes silver longer to uh, to respond, but then it outperforms gold. And we haven't really gotten to that outperform uh, process yet or, or uh, stage yet. And I think we're going to get there. So I'm buying physical silver. I have been buying physical silver. Um, and in general, you know, the, the mining stocks, I'm, I'm buying the exploration plays that I know a lot about. Can you share your outlook on all four of the metals referenced? Yeah, I, uh, I'm very bullish on gold. I tell people, if you like gold, you have to love silver. So they are one and the same as far as the, uh, the big drivers, uh, platinum and palladium. I'm bullish on them, but for different reasons. I think that there are genuine uh, uh, supply-demand dynamics in play for both of those metals that are inescapable. Uh, right now, they, it's been abated a little bit. Those pressures have been abated a little bit because a lot of the demand is driven by 
uh, automobile demand and, and catalytic converter demand. Uh, so that uh, that will take a while to uh, to come back, but in the meantime, there are there are real supply uh, issues with uh, with both of those metals, and I can tell you that. Uh, the major producers are very bullish for the long term, and they're looking to invest in new projects. Um, I just recommended Group 10 uh, metals recently. Uh, it's another one of my platinum palladium plays. Uh, and, and I think the, the majors are going to be aggressive over the next couple of years. There's a window of opportunity where some of these PGM juniors are going to be taken out. Um, and I know that those juniors are working toward that opportunity. And the CEO for Group 10 Metals is Michael Raleigh. We had an opportunity to do a uh, live webinar with him two weeks ago, and the flagship project is the Stillwater West, located in Montana. Ladies and gentlemen, we wish to remind you that we are proud licensed representatives of Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments. Stay tuned to the end of our interview for contact details. Switching gears, sir, you're the host of the New Orleans Investment Conference, the world's greatest investment event. For someone new, can you please introduce us to the New Orleans Investment Conference? Absolutely. Thank you, Maurice. It is the original, like Gold Newsletter is the original Precious Metals Advisory. Um, the New Orleans Investment Conference is the original retail investment conference, or really investment conference of any stripe. It was started in 1974 by Jim Blanchard to teach American citizens how to invest in gold. And that right to invest in gold was something that Jim was instrumental in, in helping uh, get back to American citizens. It had been taken away by by Roosevelt in the 1930s. So uh, that the modern gold bull market has a lot to uh, to do, uh, and, all, and uh, a lot, and, and really has to, the New Orleans Conference has to thank the New Orleans Conference for bringing uh, that market to the populace and showing retail investors how to buy gold, how to buy precious metals. It's not your typical uh, kind of conference. We cover all of the uh, sectors, all of the asset classes, but we do have a, a kind of a golden thread that runs through our event or golden theme that's run through it over the decades. And we feature a lot of conservative slash libertarian speakers. Uh, we, we feature a lot of big name speakers that you won't find at other events. And uh, the camaraderie and uh, uh, of our attendees and the intelligence that they're willing to, to share because they're all generally very successful investors in their own right. It's just an experience that has to be, um, you have to be there to really understand it. And we, we encourage anyone interested at what level, whatever level of, of interest or experience they may be, if they're interested in, in preserving their wealth and building it during uncertain times, they really do need to attend the, the New Orleans Conference. And speaking of attendance, uh, what are the dates this year? October 14th through 17th, and we're, we're planning for a live event down here in New Orleans. It's always a lot of fun, and uh, we're hopeful and actually expecting that uh, all of this uh, pandemic crisis uh, and nervousness will be behind us, well behind us by then. Who are some of the featured speakers this year in the discussion topics? Well, we're featuring the, the best of the uh, experts in gold and silver. Uh, in alternative investments and how to protect your wealth and, again, how to build it during these uncertain times. Uh, most of the major newsletter writers and commentators on the, uh, the economy and on precious metals and mining stocks, because I really feel like this is uh, an opportunity that, that only comes around once or twice in our investing careers. 
Uh, we've been very fortunate to be on the, the, the cutting edge of every bull market in the metals, and uh, the results have just been stupendous for investors who come to our conference, who get the hottest picks from the world's top experts, and get to meet a lot of the companies in our exhibit hall. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I've had the opportunity to attend five years at the New Orleans Investment Conference, and like Mr. London shared, it is a very welcoming experience. It's not, uh, if you, no matter what your background is, you're, you're welcome there, and you shouldn't be intimidated. No matter what your background is or level of investment experience is, you are welcome there with open arms, and you're, you have the opportunity, not just from the speakers, but from fellow investors to to share intellectual ideas and take them back yeah. home. And it's just the, the relationships that I've created in these last five years, I still have today. And I thank you for that, sir. Yes, and you know, these, these attendees are my, my clients, but they grow to be, over the years, they've grown to be close friends. And it's like a, uh, a you know, old home week every year. We, everybody gets together they, and, and makes new friends and greets old friends. And everyone is so willing to share their ideas, ideas and thoughts and strategies. And I, I tell people every year as we open the conference that, you know, y'all going to be looking at the stage, going to see some extraordinary speakers come up to the podium and give you their ideas over the next three, four days. But look around you in the audience. Uh, there's just as much to be gained from the people who come to this event, because by coming to the New Orleans conference, they've already identified themselves as very smart, very active, intellectually curious, successful investors. And there's so much to be learned and shared amongst all of us. Speaking of clients, Mr. London, please introduce us to Jefferson Financial and the Gold Newsletter. Well, Jefferson Financial is essentially the holding company that operates both uh, Gold Newsletter and the New Orleans Investment Conference and publishes our various special reports and, and other special projects. Uh, so it is, uh, you know, Gold Newsletter was and is the first uh, precious metals advisory. We're now in our 50th year of 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 helping investors uh, navigate gold. In the first few years, Gold Newsletter was primarily involved in advocating for the legalization of gold ownership. That's how long we've been around. Uh, the New Orleans Conference, as we've just said, is where we all get together every year and share ideas uh, and our uh, predictions for the future. And, and I can tell you that in, in times like we're in right now, uh, it is it is not only uh, not unusual, it's expected for us to find companies and get uh, stock recommendations uh, of companies that go on to go up four, five, 10, 20 or more times in value. This is where you find opportunities like that. This is where uh, you have you find investors that have that kind of potential. Ladies and gentlemen, you may register for both the New Orleans Investment Conference and the Gold Newsletter on our homepage, www.provenandprobable.com. Before we close, sir, what keeps you up at night that we don't know about? Uh, well, lately, maybe the pandemic, but really nothing uh, keeps me up at night uh, uh, these days, you know, in, in regards to the economy, etc. I think that that we're seeing the what we're seeing pay at play out right now in the economy is has been inevitable for some time. Uh, and if I do have any worry, I guess it's that uh, not more investors know how to protect themselves through gold and silver. 
you know, you, you buy fire insurance, but you don't really expect your home to catch on fire. But gold and silver are the insurance uh, for an event that's that you know is going to happen, that you know the dollar is going to be depreciated over time. So, uh, and, and, it's, and it's insurance you only have to buy, pay the premium one time to get uh, to get some protection. So, it, it's a kind of thing that more people need to know about, and they need to do, and they need to do it now. We're still in the very early stages of this game, and uh, uh, and we have a lot of we have literally years to come of of watching these trends play out, and and people really need to own gold and silver now while they still can. And we're proud to have an affiliation with the Gold Newsletter. Yes, actually, we have a, uh, an investor's guide to gold and silver that tells people every way to invest in the precious metals, from physical metals through mining stocks, even futures and options, and more. But we also list the, the best dealers, uh, the, uh, the best conferences to go to, the best newsletters to subscribe to. So it's all there in, in you know, one-stop shop, a 30-page special report that explains it all, and honored. which also lists you as a recommended dealer. <laughs> well, we're honored to be part of that elite team, sir. Last question. What did I forget to ask? Uh, well, I guess you forgot to get for me to, uh, to give you a specific price prediction over a specific time frame, which I would not have done anyway. So, um, but a lot of people try. <laughs> a lot of people try. No, I think that's uh, I think that's responsible because we don't know where the currency is going to go, right. and, and we don't know the government's uh, response. So that's a moving target. But I think you said the most responsible thing: you should own the prudent thing to do as a cornerstone for your investment portfolio is to own some physical precious metals. It's insurance, and that's the most responsible way I can I can approach it. And I think you've you've covered it well, sir. Yes, it gives you peace of mind, so you can sleep at night knowing that you have that working for you. Um, and, you know, again, these trends are undeniable. They're inevitable. Uh, we, people have gone through them throughout human history. It's going to happen again. The dollar will be depreciated. So people need to own gold and silver. Mr. London, for someone listening that wants to get more information on your work, please share the contact details. Uh, yes, goldnewsletter.com and neworleansconference.com. Before you make your next bullion purchase, make sure you call me. I'm a licensed representative for Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments, where we provide a number of options to expand your precious metals portfolio from physical delivery to offshore depositories and precious metal IRAs. Call me directly at 855-505-1900, or you may email maurice at milesfranklin.com. Finally, we invite you to subscribe to Proven and Probable.com, where we provide mining insights and bullion sales. Brian London of Jefferson Financial, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Great to be with you, Maurice. Thank you so much. All the best to you, sir. You too. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.